It is good to see you up there. Oh, good to see your faces out there. Wow. You know, I got a lot of questions this week. If I would be climbing up on the bus, it's not so bad up here. You get a little more sunshine, I think. It's kind of nice that I can see you up, up here, which is wonderful. It is great to see you. And I know that there are a lot of you out there on Facebook Live. So welcome to you as well. It is good to be together as the body of Christ. How many weeks has it been? 10, 12? It feels like about 50, a couple years maybe, that this has all been going on. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. I know. What, what a lot we have been through, haven't we? Uh, and here we are for such a time as this. I'm going to read the scripture in a few minutes, but let's just pray first as we begin. God, we welcome you right now to be our teacher. Holy Spirit, come. Come and open our minds, open our hearts, help us to hear your word right where we need to hear it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have all been through an unprecedented uh, situation that we've been living through. I shouldn't say we have, like it's in the past. Here we are in the middle of it still, aren't we? I was talking with somebody recently about the new ministry assignments that Bill and I have been uh, assigned to come July 1st by Bishop Webb. And we were talking about how this will be our first time uh, ever uh, serving separate churches in our 23 years of pastoring. It'll be our first time with an empty nest as our youngest, Will, is going off to college. And I added, this is our first time pastoring in a global pandemic. Never done that before. Uh, this is sadly not the first time we are all finding ourselves in the middle of a situation where our nation seems to be at each other's throats again, doesn't it? Not the first time <clears throat> that we find ourselves reeling from another horrific death of another unarmed black man. Not the first time we're living with the agony of a world that seems so unjust and so broken and everyone at each other's throats in grief and fear. And it brings up the question, is there any hope for us? Is there any hope for us? Is there any hope that grace and mercy and peace will prevail and that love will make a way? Well, friends, I want to say this. Maybe you and I were made for such a time as this. Maybe God has called you and me for such a time as this. Uh, you may remember that we're in the middle, or uh, this is the, the tail end of a series that we're calling for such a time as this, because the events of this world really bring to mind over and over again, what is God calling us to be and to do as the church? <clears throat> I really believe that God has put you and me and all of the people in the body of Christ in this place, in this time, in this particular situation, with these particular challenges for such a time as this. And he is calling us. He is calling us to be the body of Christ. It's no mistake that we are the ones living through COVID-19. 
we're the ones. God has put us here and he's entrusted the church to you and to me. He has entrusted the church, not just Bemis Point United Methodist Church, but all the whole body of Christ to all of us who are followers of Jesus right now. And he has a plan for each one of us. The question is, are we ready to let him carry out that plan through us? So three weeks ago, we talked about see it, see it. Like God helps us to see who we are in this time and really become who he's, we've, he's created us to be. Last uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about own it. Remember the baby spoon that I brought? And, and, and God's plan for us is to learn how to feed ourselves, to feed ourselves spiritually and to be growing to maturity, not depend on someone else to spoon feed us as believers. Last week, Pastor Bill challenged us to share it to really share it. We're each called not to just make feeding ourselves our purpose, but to make feeding others and helping them grow and to know Jesus Christ. If we don't do it, who will? Who will? If we don't share Jesus with our neighbors, who will? How will they know? God has chosen you and I in this time and place for such a time as this to be the church He's entrusted each one of us to make sure that the church as a whole, and in particular this church, Bemis Point, emerges from this pandemic stronger and not weaker. Well, it sounds kind of tiring, doesn't it? Like I'm giving you a nice long to-do list, right? More to do. I mean, I'm guessing some of you have other challenges in your life right now, right? Whether those are a job or lack thereof, whether it's your health, mental or physical, family, finances. And those are just the things that are on a personal level, challenges. What about our cities that are burning with anger and protest right now? What about the health of our world? What about our nation, which needs to heal in so many ways? and our world full of people who don't know Jesus. Well, what's our role as followers of Christ in such a time as this? Do you ever feel small and helpless? I was watching riots on TV last night in cities across our nation. I got to admit, I felt pretty small and helpless. Let me tell you about another group of people who were small and helpless overwhelmed and outmatched by their circumstances. A group of people who were living in a world that was violent. A group of people who had gathered together. Probably a group about this size that we are here today. And they knew that they were living in a world that was unpredictable and dangerous. And they were kind of hiding out, helpless, waiting in a holding pattern, just kind of watching. Can you relate? (laughs) And they were praying. And they were waiting on the Lord. Let me tell you their story. This is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. I'm reading from the message today. When the feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, 
Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. And then, like wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread throughout their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. They heard the sound, and then they came on the run. When they heard, one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on and kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs, they're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head nor tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Others joked, they're drunk on cheap wine. That's when Peter stood up and backed by the other 11, spoke out with a bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke, the sun turning black and the moon blood red before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous, and whoever calls out for help, to me, God, will be saved. Friends, that's the word of the Lord for us today. This is the day we call Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Easter, the day we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit by fire and wind and power the day that Jesus' disciples were transformed, set on fire, really, by the Spirit's power that day. It's a strange and wonderful story, isn't it? A sound indoors, like a, like a tornado. I heard a tornado once passing by just less than a mile from my house. It's loud. It sounds like a train. You know how they always say it sounds like a freight train? It really does sound like a train. Imagine sitting inside here and hearing that sound bearing down on you. Imagine how those believers experienced that. And then fire falling from the ceiling and like burning on each person's head. Different languages pouring out of their mouths. Now what I think is so amazing and so relevant of all the, there's a million things in this story we could explore, but, 
but so relevant for us today is this. They went, the followers of Jesus went from, from waiting, from protecting themselves, from being withdrawn from the people around them, to being motivated and brave and equipped to share the good news of Jesus the way that people needed to hear it. The Holy Spirit did that for them that day. And that is what the presence of God does in our lives. The Holy Spirit in his power shows up in our lives and does the same thing for us. It's the power that we depend on to live as followers of Jesus in this time and in this place. Because as I said earlier, the huge needs of this world, they're far beyond our abilities, aren't they? They're far beyond uh, too much for our, our limited time, our, our limited energy, our limited ability. We can't change the world on our own strength. But what today is all about is a reason to celebrate. Pentecost means God can change the world through us, if we're willing to be used by him, if we're willing to let Jesus move in us and through us and out into the world, he will do more than we can ask or imagine. That is the good news of the scripture. That is the good news the Bible teaches us through the day of Pentecost. Bible commentator Debbie Thomas writes powerfully about this day, Pentecost. She says, what, the Holy, what was the Holy Spirit saying to these followers of Jesus, she asks. Essentially, she says, the Holy Spirit was saying to them, stop huddling in what you call safety. Throw open your doors and your windows. Feel the pressure of my hand at your back. Pour yourselves into the streets you've come to fear and speak. Don't you understand? Silence is no longer possible. You are on fire. Friends, that's our legacy as well. If we invite the Holy Spirit to live and move and work through us at such a time as this, even in our quarantines, we are on fire. And God can do amazing things through us at this time and in this place. Pentecost required a lot of humility on both sides. Those disciples, they had to be willing to speak in an unfamiliar language. They had to be willing to risk ridicule. They had to be willing to risk rejection. They had to believe that no matter how awkward or scary or self-conscious they felt, that those words bubbling up inside of them that the Holy Spirit was giving them were just what needed to be said at the moment. They listened to those strangers with foreign accents. They opted for wonder instead of contempt. They dropped their defenses. What would it look like, do you think, if we had a move of the Holy Spirit here at Bemis Point United Methodist Church? What would it look like if we had a move of the Holy Spirit among all God's people during such a time as this, what would change in our life together? Specifically for us here, what would change 
in, in Jamestown, in Bemis Point, in Asheville, or wherever you live? What would we look back on and say, we did things differently after that? Who of the people that you know, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your family, who of them might come to be a follower of Jesus and have their lives eternally changed? It's a risky business, you know, asking, come Holy Spirit. I mean, most of us would never really pray, come Holy Spirit and keep me exactly the way I am. <laughs> would we? None of us would really pray, come Holy Spirit and don't change anything, let everything remain exactly as it is. But to be honest, sometimes that's what we mean when we pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and maybe tweak a few things, but don't, don't change too much. It's risky to invite the Holy Spirit to come. But wow, there is nothing like life in the power of the Spirit. Is your life flammable, friends? Is your life flammable? Are you keeping the wood of your spirit dry enough that when the Holy Spirit's flames come, you could catch fire? We all know the ways that we need, the things we need to do to, to keep our lives flammable. Time in the Word, repentance, prayer, worship, those things that, that are the life of our, our church together, the life of the body of Christ. Is your life flammable? What would happen if we invited the Holy Spirit to do a new thing among us, even at such a time as this? And you know, it's actually not the power of God that's the point at all. It's, it, the power of God has wonderful, practical results, world-changing results, but it's really about wanting God himself. Inviting the Holy Spirit is inviting the presence of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's about wanting to come closer to the person of Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus, my friends. So my challenge for you today is, do you dare to pray that prayer? Come, Holy Spirit. And are you willing to see what God will do once again, or maybe for the first time in you, as you pray that prayer, come, Holy Spirit. My challenge is to you also to take some time to dream about what God might do in and through his people if we invite a move of the Holy Spirit during such a time as this. And we don't want to just talk about inviting the Spirit. We want to, we want to do it. So let's take a little time right now and pray together. Would you pray with me? I'm just going to prompt you some things to pray. And then in your cars, if you want to pray aloud together, you can do that. Or, or if you're with someone else at home, you can pray together. I'll give you some quiet spaces in between the prompts to pray. Start by inviting the Holy Spirit to show you places in your life that are like wet wood, that are not flammable, that need to become dried out so that you can catch fire. Ask God to show you 
the places that you need repentance and change. Now invite Jesus in his presence and power to come into you and your life in a new way. Invite him in, in a way that fills you more than you've ever been filled before by his spirit. Pray for the people around you, whether you're at home sitting with someone. If you're in a car, pray for the people in front of you or behind you and the cars around you. If you're at home alone, pray for whoever God brings to mind and ask that God's spirit would fill and bless and, and empower them as well. Now ask God to move in our nation among all the people who are followers of Jesus. Ask that there would be a mighty move of the Holy Spirit in this whole nation and that God's people would rise up in a new way for such a time as this. And around the world, the power of the Holy Spirit, God's power and presence needs to be seen and felt. So pray for a move of God's Holy Spirit around this world. Let's pray these words together. Come, Holy Spirit. Say it with me. Come, Holy Spirit. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs>